0: The Spirit can make life. Sheer muscle and willpower don't make anything happen. Every word I've spoken to you is a Spirit word. And so it is life making. Is that a powerful scripture out of the Message Bible? I'll tell you, understanding the truth, it is. It helps us define the fact that God's Word is life-making. Now, in a recent poll by George Barna Group, did you know that we have more born-again Christians today than 10 years ago? Hallelujah. But before you clap and shout too much, America is spiritually stagnant. Doesn't add up. You've got more believers, yet America is spiritually stagnant. I've been very blessed in my Christian walk. I came into the kingdom of God on the heels of what they called the Jesus movement. It was all the hippies out in California having their love feasts, commune living, and suddenly the Holy Ghost broke out on them. And in bare feet, with peace signs and long hair, they came to Jesus in droves. There was a young people movement. When I first got saved in this ministry, I remember that it was teenagers that were meeting in basements of moms and dads that weren't yet fully persuaded that what they were doing was right. They loved God with all their heart. They met nearly every night somewhere seeking the face of God. I have to tell you, I haven't seen it since. America is spiritually stagnant. About all we can muster up for revival is big crusade meetings or from time to time a breakout, if you will, of a revival in a locality where people will fly in from all over the world to see what God is doing and suddenly it dissipates and the answer is not much. Ladies and gentlemen, we are facing a big challenge in the kingdom of God today. Because further, Barna found this. That most Christians, a large percentage, tell God their personal needs as more important than hearing from Him. When polled, they said, it is much more important to tell God what you need than it is to hear what he has to say. Well, let me make a statement this morning. You might want to write it down. It is impossible to live out the Word of God if you don't take in the Word of God. Thank you, sister. I appreciate that. I think that was a pretty powerful statement. <laughs> but it's all right. I preach anyway. You don't have to say amen. <laughs> Amen's help. The old preacher said, I can't get no help in here. Matthew chapter 13, verses 19 to 23. Jesus was teaching a parable and he said this, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside, but he who receives the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the words, of God and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. When tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now, he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word, understands it who indeed bears fruit and produces, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty-fold. Don't allow the devil this morning to drive you away from your destiny. Don't allow the cares of this world to keep you from your inheritance. I want to make another statement that's worthy of jotting down. Your and my inheritance is in the Word of God. It's the only place you'll ever find it. You'll never find it anywhere else. You won't even find it in church. You hear what I'm talking about? Your inheritance is in the Word of God. Watch this. Recent findings again by the George Barna Group. 35% of all born-again believers say... They don't read the Bible at all. I'm just going to let that soak for a minute. The majority said that they only read it when they go to church. Like, you know, when it's on the screen. That's the majority of the people. Now, when polled, 80% of all Christians that were polled believe the Bible is inspired and is the Word of God. But only 16% say they read it every day. I hope you're understanding what I'm trying to relate today. 16% of those that say they believe the Bible's inspired actually read it on a daily basis. Well, wait, there's more. 21% read it once a week. 10% less than monthly. 41% rarely or never read the Bible. If our inheritance is found in the Word of God then could it be we are lost sheep and cannot find our way because we're looking in the wrong place? I've lost lots of things over the years. I thank God that the Lord showed grace to me and gave me a wife that knows how to find stuff. Keys, wallet. My Bible preaching notes. You name it. Honey, did you see whatever it is? I think it's there, and sure enough, it's there. You know how frustrating it is to go look for something and can't find it? Does it ever make you angry? At yourself or I know somebody touched this. Who touched my screwdrivers? That's my response right away. I I know, I want to (laughs) know. I I had my toolbox neatly put together, locked down. I went out a couple of weeks later to get a screwdriver. The toolbox was open. There was only one pair of pliers left inside the toolbox. And I couldn't find anything else. And I kept crying out, who did this? Where are my tools? And I'm going to get Louie for this. I'm sure... Pastor Troy came over and borrowed him in the middle of the night. I don't know who it was, but I'm upset. And Tina said, maybe it fell off the shelf and spilled on the floor or maybe you used them." And I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that <laughs> I'm responsible for what I've lost. No, no, no. I don't want to be responsible. I don't want to hear I'm responsible for what I can't find. That's a different connotation. You see, in the church, we're all looking for victory. We're looking for breakthrough. We're looking for healing. We're looking for increase. We're looking for good marriages. We're looking for peace. We're looking for the power of God. But we don't know where to find it. We're looking in the wrong places. And you're getting angry with me like I took your stuff. I didn't take your healing, I didn't take your joy. Somebody said if the devil didn't give your joy to you, he can't take it away from you. You think we start blaming the church. We start blaming the preacher. You got to look in the right place. Listen to this. Four out of ten Christians. May I have ten people to stand on this first step with me, please? Just give me ten. I just want to show you something. Ten people. Uh, somebody count them to make sure we have 10. Stan is standing in a line, please, to illustrate this truth. Do we have 10 yet? All right. There we go. Is there 10? I haven't counted. I'm assuming there's 10. All right. Here's the statistic. Are you ready for this? Out of 10 Christians, every Sunday, four... Go ahead and sit back down. Four... will not attend church or read their Bible in a week's time, in a month's time. These individuals that are remaining, on average, will attend church 2.5 times in 30 days. They're attending church 2.5 times. You may be seated. A month, and they're reading forty-one percent never read it, only sixteen percent are reading it daily. How many know we've lost some stuff, don't know where to find it, many of us don't even know we have it coming. We're trying to live this Christian life without the manual. Now, these aren't fabricated statistics, these are the latest Barna group statistics poll of twenty-five hundred. Average believers across America. Now watch this. While 80% of the uh, Christians poll believe the Bible is inspired, that means 20% don't believe that it was God-breathed. I don't know how you can be a Christian if you don't believe the Bible was God-breathed. But anyway, 80% believe it, so that's pretty good. I mean, that's right up there, 8 out of 10 believe it. Watch this though. Only 55% strongly agree that the Bible is accurate in all of the principles that it teaches. In other words, 45% of those 80% that believe it's inspired don't believe that it's applicable or relevant to my situation. Now, I'm painting this picture for us for a reason so that we can understand what we're in need of. I believe the devil has planned a strategy to keep people home from Sunday school, if you will, Bible classes, leadership classes, not because I teach them, but I'm going to tell you, I'm one of the most accomplished, don't, don't respond. I'm one of the most accomplished, experienced Bible teachers in leadership that you'll find at any collegiate level. Don't, 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 don't respond. And I've offered these classes week in and week out and I get about 20 people. It's because we don't see the value or we have not been instructed or somehow revelation has missed our, our, our understanding in regards to the power that's in the Word of God. We, we somehow have been told that while this is true, it's not applicable to our life. See, I believe the time has come for our value of the Word of God to change. Can I get an amen there? Amen. Now, let me just share with you a couple of scriptures. Go to John chapter 1 and verse 1. I'm not going to keep you long. I've been really easy on you in the past weeks on Sunday morning. There was a day, if you're new to the church, I used to preach an hour, hour and 20 minutes. Now I'm like 30 and out. But I'm hard hitting. Every minute's a power packed punch. I'll tell you that right now. So watch this, John chapter (laughs) 1. In the beginning, uh, read it with me. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. How many believe that scripture is true? Now watch this, because what you just said, by agreeing with its truth, is that the Word that you hold in your hand is God, in written form. Isn't that what you just agreed to? You said, I believe that in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. So now I'm understanding this is a written form of God. Now, why do we, why do we even say that? Why, why do we even go that far? Because I believe there has to be some shock therapy to the believers this morning to wake us up out of our stupor and our complacent attitude when it comes to the Bible because we have become so self-sufficient, we have fulfilled most of our longings and our dreams outside of the Word of God. But you know what? Those aren't fulfilling. At some point in life, life caves in and we find ourselves on Unsure footing. Our foundation isn't sure. Go to 1 John 5 and verse 7. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. If we believe God is omnipotent. Does anybody in here believe that? That God's omnipotent, meaning He's all-powerful. All right. If we believe that God is omnipotent, and we believe that the Word is God in written form, then would you have to conclude that the Word is all-powerful? Would you have to conclude that? Sure, that's only logical. If you believe that God is omnipotent, and you believe that the Word of God is a written form of God then if God's omnipotent, the Word of God has to be all-powerful. So now I'm understanding a little bit why I ought to read it. Not just read it, but watch, because we'll develop this. The Word is God's Spirit in written form. Absorbing the Word into your spirit produces the power of the Word in you. Now let me say that one more time, because we've got to get this down. Please, church, don't drift on me. Don't get tired. Don't get sleepy. Don't start talking about the Celtics. They're going to lose anyway. I just want you to know. I I just want want you to focus for a minute. All right? The Word is God's Spirit in written form. Absorbing the Word into my spirit produces the omnipotence of the Word in me. You can't put the word in you without the power that's in the word that gets in you. So when I get the word in me, I don't have any Bible knowledge. I've got the power that's in the word that's now in me. Luke 5 17. This is what the Bible says. It happened on a certain day as he was teaching. Jesus was teaching the word of God that there were Pharisees and teachers of law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord that was present was in the teaching of the Word of God. That's why He said, These signs shall follow them that believe. The power that's in the Word is released when it's taught and when it's received and understood. So the word released caused the power of the Lord to be present in that place. Look at Jeremiah 23, verse 29. Jeremiah 23, verse 29. Here's what he's asking. Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? I mean, you know, God's just wanting Jeremiah to get this you, you got to understand, Jeremiah, this is just more than a book for Sunday. This, this book's like fire. It's like a hammer that will break rocks in pieces. This book is powerful. That's what he was trying to teach, Jeremiah. You might say, this book is the Holy Ghost on paper. Now, can you imagine... Putting the Holy Ghost on paper? It's sort of like those little dots of candy on a long strip of paper that we used to get as kids. You really weren't that interested in the paper. You were just interested in what was on the paper, right? And so you just lick and bite and chew and get that thing off the paper. It's sort of like that. The Holy Ghost is on the paper. And so you and I just got to lick it, because it's good for you, all right, it's good for you. Now watch, the Holy Ghost is on the paper like the quickening spirit was inside Elisha's dead bones. something in that boy how do you know because when the other guy got thrown in there in the in the grave with him and he came in contact what was with inside of elijah that even after elijah was dead was still operating in him oh my I, i think i ought to just preach right there for the next 20 minutes doesn't the bible say In the twinkling of an eye, we shall all be changed. The dead in Christ shall rise first. What's going to bring you up out of the ground? But the same thing that saved your soul, the residency of the power of God, it was inside Elisha's bones. Same thing that's on the paper. Lick it off, pick it off, get it off, however you need to do it. You have to eat the paper, you eat the paper too. You know, I, I just, sometimes you just revert to eating the paper. You know how kids say dirt don't hurt. I don't care. Just give me the, I want the candy. <laughs> or the miracle ability that was inside Moses' rod. Or the life that was in Aaron's staff. We'll even go this far. Or the healing that was in Peter's shadow. I don't care if it's a shadow, a parchment, a rod, a staff, dried up bones of any corpse. It doesn't matter. The power of God is not limited by what it is contained. Let me tell you something. You don't have to have all your ducks in a row. You don't have to have all your intelligence. You don't have to know everything about the Bible. But if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it will quicken your mortal body. Isn't that good? I don't have to be perfect. I just need to get the Word in. And isn't it good the Word will stay anywhere? Hotel 6, Motel 8, whatever. It doesn't matter. Red roof. You know, you may be just a broken down, long paw, five room hotel. The Holy Spirit says, I'll bed down there if you invite me in. You may have walked in here this morning like the Ritz-Carlton. You got it all together. But let me tell you something. God will bed down there too. If you'll open the door and invite him in. How do we get him in? How, how do we invite him in? Now watch. Mark chapter 4, verses 11 to 12. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are on the outside, all things come in parables. Parables. So that seeing they may see and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Now I'm going to say something that's very important, so tune in again. Revelation is not possible without genuine salvation. Don't care how much you read this thing, if you're not saved, it's not going to fix you. Say, yeah, but to be people even unsaved use the principles in God's word and it works for them. There are laws that work for anybody. I'm talking about revelation. I'm talking about the power released in dead men's bones. I'm talking about the life-giving spirit in a rod that was laid before the presence of God that budded overnight. I'm talking about God's ability in our life that brings us into our destiny, that brings us into our inheritance. Now look what's in the word with me as I read Acts 20, 32 in the Amplified Bible. Now, brethren, I commit to you, God, I deposit you in his charge and trusting into his protection and care. I commend you to the word of his grace, to the commands and counsels and promises of his unmerited favor, It is able to build you up, give to you your rightful inheritance among all God's set-apart ones, those consecrated, purified, and transformed of the soul. That's why the devil says, don't read it. You're too busy. You're too tired. You've got other things to do. It doesn't matter. You can read it on Sunday. The preacher will have them on the screens. The devil will do everything he can to keep the Word of God out of your life because he knows that when you get the Word of God in you, according to Acts 20 and 32, you're going to begin operating in your rightful inheritance. And that's the last thing He wants. He may concede your soul to heaven, but He doesn't want you to live happily on this earth, fulfilled and moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want you to be a witness or a testimony. If you're going to be saved, all right then be saved. But be boring, defeated, ugly, sick and broke so nobody else will want it. Do you hear me? You and I have got to get the Word of God inside of us. It is our guide to our inheritance. I'm telling you, I've got a vision. God, give us a dream. Once again, where we have Bible lessons being taught during the week. Sunday school on Sunday morning where we can get up and get to church on time to get the word of God in us, to recognize that as we do, it is empowering us. My little granddaughter asked me yesterday, where's the Jesus book? Can't find the Jesus book. Papa, where's the Jesus book? And she found it, and then she couldn't reach it. She's trying to reach underneath the couch. I can't reach it. Papa, I can't reach the Jesus book. Nana said, Papa, go in there and help that baby get that Jesus book. So I went in there, and I didn't get it for her. I just picked up the couch. I said, go ahead, get it. I as your pastor, cannot read the Bible for you. But I will lift up the couch. (laughs) If you'll go get it, I'll lift it up if you'll go get it. (laughs) Thank you, Emma, for giving me that illustration. See, the devil must attempt to stop us because every scripture carries power. Now look at Revelation 5, 4 to 8. I'm asking you today, why read the Bible? So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and loose its seven seals. I like that. And I looked and beheld in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. I said, without salvation, you can't get revelation. Without salvation, The blood being shed, the book cannot be opened. It has to become more than an identification with popular methodology and current trend. If the blood isn't there, the book. Will not be open. Are you saved this morning? Are you washed in the blood? Have you asked Jesus to save you from your sin? Or are you just a good person? Are you just a God respecting man? Been born again. The hope of America, ladies and gentlemen, is that we would return to the Bible again and read it because of the blood of Christ upon our life. And the revelation that we receive, the understanding that we will get, the empowerment that will uh, possess us will cause a revival in America. It will cause a revival. What do you do if you're bored with the Bible? What do we do as Christians if we just don't like it? Have you ever got to that point where you just don't want to read it? Well, don't raise your hands. But pastor, you're a pastor. You're supposed to want to read it. Did you know there is spiritual warfare in that one area? That's so powerful. Because if we believe that the Word is saturated with the power of God, and we believe that if we put the Word in, then what was on that paper will become one with us. If we believe that, you know the devil's going to do all that he can to wear you out, tire you out, think you out, push you back, do whatever he can, get you mad, get you angry. Do whatever He can to get you out of the Bible. My wife said, you know what we ought to do? We ought to put together a real nice Bible reading program and give it to the church and we'll all read through the Bible together. I said, why? Why would we do that? Now, don't get mad at me. I'm not going to work my staff overtime, print everything, pass it out and you not use it. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Well, not all of you, only 43%. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not in that percentile. There's a song that we sing once in a while that says, take me past the outer courts into the holy place past the golden altar Lord, I want to see your face Do you know that song? Into the holy of holies That's where I want to go Behind that veil was the Ark of the Covenant, ladies and gentlemen. And inside that Ark was a bowl. There was a bowl with some manna in it. Which is very peculiar to me because the manna rotted after 24 hours and was no good. But this manna was preserved. And there it was in the bowl in the Holy of Holies. And it speaks to me of the Word of God. But you know what else it speaks to me of? The unending supply of God. I think that's where the Apostle Paul came up with this through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You see, he had gone to the golden pot of manna. And there the eternal word of God fed his soul. If you're here today hungry, empty, full of voids, meaningless life, wondering what direction to go and to take, tried this and tried that, think you're all this and all that, and still coming up empty, it's time to come past the outer courts. It's time today to make a covenant with the Word of God. It's time to look at your Bible and say, I will gain access into the mysteries of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. Now notice what happened. There were seven seals. And until the blood was applied, those seals were not broken. Your life today, my life today can be sealed until the blood comes. I don't know if there's a seal of depression around you, a seal of doubt, a seal of anger, a seal of accusation, a seal of unforgiveness, a seal of sickness, a seal of past regret. It doesn't matter. But when you come to the blood, those seals are broken so as we bow our heads this morning I'm going to pray that every man, woman, boy and girl in this room will begin even now to apply the blood of Jesus Christ to their life if you would just sing that song for me please I'm going to ask you today sir, ma'am you got to go beyond church attendance You've got to become one with the Word of God, eternal Word of God, Jesus Christ who became flesh. You're here today and you've never been born again. You say, Pastor, I need Jesus. As my Savior, pray for me. I want to do that. But I want you to come beyond where you've been living. I want you to go past the the golden altar. I, I want you to go into the Holy of Holies and there meet with Jesus. Would you do that? He's waiting on you. He's inviting you today to come and experience His power and His glory. Nobody looking around, you say, Pastor, I want that. I want Jesus in my life. I want Him as my Savior. If that's you this morning on the count of three, I want you to lift up your hand. Are you ready? One, two, three. If that's you, hold it up all over this room. Thank you. Thank you over there. Thank you. Anybody else? Over there, thank you. Put them down, altar ministers. Would you join us across the front of this hall? Hallelujah! How many are glad eternally for the word of God? Aren't you glad for the word of God? I am so thankful for the word of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Pastor Troy is coming right now, and he's going to invite those that have raised their hands to come and conclude this great meeting. Church, don't miss Thursday night. I'll be ministering on the seven spirits of God. It'll change your life. It'll give you understanding beyond the average. There's nothing of average about you. So let's believe God for a great week. Amen. Hallelujah. We love you. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard.